Welcome into One and Done Radio. Wherever you are, however you are listening, whether it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podomatic, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pandora, Podcorn, Podbean, Google Playlist, Amazon Music or Audible. Uh, thanks for making One and Done Radio a part of your day. Lots of goes on in this episode. I do have an interview that happens early in the episode with Jim Aiello, Colts inside writer for the Indie Star. And definitely love the interview being a Colts fan, so that was fun to do. Um, and then I talk about more Big Ten, how the president, not of the Big Ten, of the United States, Donald Trump, called and talked to Kevin Warren about trying to what it needs to do to get a season going. And then finally, I end the episode talking about Alvin Kamara and holding out and where he could go. All that on the show. Let's go. All right, I'm joined now by Jim Aiello, Colts insider for the Indie Star. You can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Aiello. Jim, I want to thank you for taking your time to talk to me on One and Done Radio. Happy to join you. So... Just want to kind of start. I've asked this for quite a few reporters from different teams. What has this training camp been like for you with everything going on with COVID? <laughs> yeah, it's been wildly different than it was in years past. It's just, it's, it's just. Unfortunately, the access hasn't been as good, and it's not a shot at what the NFL or the Colts are trying to do. I mean, Colts are trying to get us as much access as we can, but there's not really. A, you can't really replace just walking up to a player after practice or, you know, in the locker room and, you know, chatting with them for 20 minutes one-on-one and, you know, whatever comes that comes to mind, you can ask him. And, and that, sometimes good stories come out of that. And we don't really have that access right now. We're just getting zoom calls most of the time. You know, you can get some zoom or you can get some phone phone or like one-on-one interviews, but really right now that's been the biggest difference is that you just, you just don't have that kind of impromptu like, Oh, Hey, I forgot about this. Let me talk to you about that. And, and you know, something springs from it. And, I really, you know, I love that part of my job, and it, it kind of stinks that we don't have it. And then, yeah, the other difference right now is that we're getting tested every day. We're getting tested for COVID, uh, at least the last, this last week, uh, tested every day so that, you know, we can have access to, to the players, if, or at least the practice if they move inside. That's the, kind of the weird thing right now is you don't need to be tested if they're practicing outside, but if it's raining and they're practicing inside, you got to be tested. It's all, it's all strange. It's not like 18 other things to keep in your head while you're trying to cover the team. For the test, is it the thing where they shove it up your nose? Yeah, so it's one that I've, 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 so what I understand is that there are two different, uh, like nasal tests. One is they shove it up and it's like a brain swab, is what people have said. Yep. And the other one is where they kind of just, the one we're doing is they kind of just, uh, it's just in both nostrils, but it's not all the way up. They just kind of, uh, I don't know, swivel it around in there for about 10 seconds on each nostril. So it's, 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 it's quick and painless. Oh, I would love that. I just got tested the other day and I had the brain, the brain <laughs> one, and boy, that is, she goes, oh, uh, it's not going to be painful. And then she'd pull it out of my nose. I'm like, you lied to me. <laughs> that sounds awful. You know, the other day, I was, I was thinking about that because yeah, this is a weird story. I don't know why I'm telling it now. But I get, I get, when I get hiccups, I get real bad hiccups. I get them for like three days. But I was getting super paranoid. They're sticking that thing in my nose. And I'm like, what if I hiccup and it's too like, violent? And it goes like, <laughs> I, like, it's just a stupid thought to have in my head. But I was worried about it. So, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, love that it didn't happen thank god well, that's good hey i'm glad to hear you made that made it out okay there <laughs> now jim i'm actually very excited for this interview because i'm a colts fan myself been a colts fan for a very long time and last year we started off the season great 
preseason didn't start great with Andrew Luck retiring, but Jacoby Brissett came in, started off fine, then got injured, and just wasn't the same after that. And now they decided to bring in Phillip Rivers. What's it been like with Phillip Rivers on the squad? Well, as a media member, it's been great because as, she, as, as like beloved as Jacoby Brissett was uh, within the locker room, and he is. I mean, Frank Reich, the coach loves him, the players love him, they all think he's a great leader, and he is. I mean, again, by all accounts, he is. But he was never all that enthused or uh, eager to talk with the media, and so that was tough. And Phillip Rivers is like the polar opposite. He, I, I don't know if he enjoys it, but he, he certainly pretends. So he's been a very candid interview, very open, very honest. Um, like today, it was funny. We were asking him about somebody asked him about his throwing motion, which you know, I, you know, it's one of those kind of running jokes in the NFL for a long time. Mm-hmm. He laughed and he was just like, "My son throws that way. I didn't want him to throw that way. I wouldn't ever teach anybody to throw that way." But that's just the way it is. So he's like I said, he's he's got a, he's got a good sense of humor. He likes talking about pretty much anything that we do. So that's that's been that's been fun. And the other part, you know, the football part of it is it's just been like as, as much as Jacoby Brissett had been around. Frank Reich's offense from before, and he was an understudy to Andrew Luck, and you knew he had an understanding of what was going on. It's kind of at a different level with Philip Rivers right now. Like having played with Frank Reich before and Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, he just he just knows what he's. I mean, he already knew 95 percent of the playbook before he even got to Indianapolis, and you can tell. I mean, he is making progressions in his reads so much faster than a guy like Jacoby Brissett did last year. And again, that's not really a knock on Jacoby Brissett. We're talking about a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback here, Philip Rivers, but. Just the, the smoothness of the offense, I guess, has been the biggest difference. Just to watch him operate it and understand what the defense is trying to do to him. We've only seen a couple of instances of this just because we've only, you know, there's been no preseason games. But we had a couple of scrimmages, and it's just there's a there's a level of confidence there with Phil Rivers that, that wasn't there with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that throwing motion feels like since he's been in the NFL has just gotten like worse and worse. <laughs> but his throws just seem to be more and more accurate the worse it gets. It's just the weirdest thing. It's so funny. He said he was watching. He was in practice the other day, and Jacob Beeson, you know, the, the, the rookie quarterback they drafted, he's got a freaking cannon for an arm. And he said, I watched him make a throw, and he goes, oh, my God, I could never make that throw. Like, And he, goes, and he started laughing. He goes, listen, I can make the throw. He's like, I just got to throw it about three seconds before Jacob has to make that decision. So it's pretty funny. But, yeah, he, it's not – it's just he's, – he's got all – he's like a pitcher in a – I don't know, like a Johnny Cueto, I guess, the guy who just kind of drops arm angles and moves all around. Like, he just kind of finds different ways to get it done. And he kind of like that savvy veteran thing. It's, it's, it's hard not to like, honestly. Now, you mentioned Jacob Easton. I want to talk about him. I know we, we all pretty much feel like the spots of one and two as far as the quarterback position is going to be Phillip and Jacoby Brissett. And when the Colts drafted Jacob Easton, I was a huge fan of the, tra- of the draft pick, especially when they got him. Now it's... Are they going to roll with Easton at three, and or because I know there's going to be a battle between him and Chad Kelly? What's what's been going on there as far as that situation? Yeah, I mean, so in terms of snaps, they've been getting a roughly equal amount of, of snaps, and there hasn't been a lot. I mean, most of them have gone to Philip and Jacoby, but I can't see a world in which they end up going with Chad Kelly over over Jacob Easton. Um, they like Jacob Easton. I mean, enough to use the the fourth round pick on him, and I just. I, I, he hasn't. It's not like he's been a disaster in camp. So I don't know why you would ever go away from that. He's actually looked pretty good in camp. He's been a little bit more accurate than I thought. Everybody talks about the arm strength. You know, you knew that going in. You saw the college tape, but then you see it in person. You're like, oh my god! Like I, I just, I, I don't think I've ever been in person seeing a guy with a bigger arm than Jacob Eason. It's, it's kind of incredible. Um, he's just got a rocket. So I mean, you talk about a guy with the tools you need to be a successful NFL quarterback. You start with the, the rocket arm, and he's got it. So he's going to get a chance to learn from Philip Rivers, the guy who 
understands defenses maybe better than most quarterbacks of his generation. I, I, I just think that's too good of an opportunity to pass up. So, no, I think Jacob Eason wins this job. They won't, you know, with roster cuts coming up, I don't think there's any way they expose him to the, to the waivers and try to sneak him on the practice squad and get claimed. So, yeah, I think they roll a three-quarterback, and I think it's Jacob Eason. Yeah, and he's in the best situation he could be, like you said, learning behind Phil Rivers is best situation he could be in right now for, for someone of his stature. Now, I know, obviously, we had a... I, my opinion, since Chris Ballard's been there, he's been... Like, his draft has been phenomenal, the, how he's been handling the drafts. Who's going to be the... stand? Like, who's been, like, a standout rookie from this year's draft class that you've seen? Okay, so that's... I'll, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Who do I want to go with? I'm going to go... With, I'll, I'll go two. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a great NFL running back. I think it might take a little time. You know, for people listening for for fantasy purposes, it's going to be you're just you're just going to you're just going to hate yourself if you draft either him or Marlon Mack because I really think it's going to be a pretty good split and somebody's going to have a good game and score a touchdown and then the other guy's going to score the next week and it's just going to, you're just really going to handcuff yourself and it's going to be miserable. That said, uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to be a really good running back in the NFL. I think it's a little more confidence, especially in his in his pass catching abilities and pass blocking abilities. He's going to be great. Um, so I, I think you're going to see flashes of that this season for sure. But I'm going to go, I guess, maybe with an underdog and go with Julian Blackman. Mm-hmm. I really, really like what I saw on tape of Julian Blackman, the safety, out of Utah. He's a guy that played some corner in college. He's also a guy that's super rangy and athletic and, and smart. Um, I don't think they necessarily get him in the draft in the third round where they get him if he hadn't torn his ACL at the, mm-hmm. end, of the, uh, at the end of the season last year. I think he's probably a second-round pick and the Colts miss him. So they get a guy with, I think, second-round talent later in the third round, and I think they're going to be thrilled about it. He's, he's already kind of back at practice now. He's not going to play right away. He probably will play for the first few weeks of the season. But, man, I just I love the idea of what Matt Eberflus can do with him, which is line him up over – I mean, they, they, feel, they feel comfortable with him playing slot if they need him to. You know, So if Kenny Moore is hurt or something's wow. going on, they can put him in the slot. They can put him at safety. They can put him at free safety. I think they like his tackling enough that they might feel okay with him at strong. Like They're going to move him all over the place, and I think – we're watching an NFL that's kind of evolving into, I won't say positionless football, but you see a lot more guys moving around and, and being able to do different things. And I think the Colts kind of drafted their version of this. Now, I'm not yet. Yeah, I'm not comparing him to like Derwin James or anything, but I do think he's got some really high fun upside of just watching him fly all over the field. So it might take a few weeks for him to get fully healthy. And maybe it's a risk taking a guy coming off an ACL injury because who knows when he'll feel comfortable running around on that knee. But I think once he is fully healthy, he's going to be one fun guy to watch. Yeah, I remember when we drafted him that there were reports of he may not even be ready. It may, it may be halfway through the season before we even see him take the field. And now it's he's just he's about to be ready. He's about to be ready yeah. in a few weeks, and that's crazy. He's uh, been he's been. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is a guy that, and I got a chance to write the story yesterday, so that was nice. But T.Y. Hilton yesterday is a guy who like lives in the trainer's room, you know. And people, I don't want people to think that the wrong way. It's not like he's hurt all the time or anything like that. He just is always kind of making sure that he's working on his body in one way or another. And he was like, I see Julian in there all the time. The guy was working his butt off to try to get back from this ACL injury. And it's been, uh, and I, I think it's kind of impressive. Like, he'd already won T.Y. Hilton's respect. And T.Y. Hilton's one of the most respected players on the team. And so for him to say, I admire that kid, I respect him, I mean, that's huge. That's a huge vote of confidence for, for a young guy like that. And I'm also, speaking of which, vote of confidence, I'm very proud of myself for not calling him Justin Blackman at all during this conversation because I've done that like a hundred times. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, Julian Blackman, and I'm, gonna, I, I'm yeah, I'm pretty pumped that I got it right every time. So anyway. yeah, good job not going to Justin Blackman. That would have been very, uh, very complete 180. Exactly, very different. Uh, exactly. And now, last question before I let you go. 
I believe you were around for Ryan, the Ryan Grigson era, right? I was, I was in Indianapolis. I actually wasn't covering the Colts yet, but I'm, yeah, I was definitely in Indianapolis. So okay. I feel as though I might be prepared to answer the question. Well, let me just ask. I guess with Chris Ballard overall, what's what is it like with him? I feel like I mean he's just a guy that says I built through the draft, and this year he's obviously not only brought in pieces through the draft and years prior, but he added some big time free agents as well. What's it like just his presence at the facility? Oh man, I I, I don't know what to tell you. Again, I feel like I hate to say this because it almost sounds like I'm, there's a bias there when I'm covering like Frank and Chris, but Frank Reich is maybe one of the best overall humans I've ever met in my life mm-hmm. and Chris Ballard may not be far behind he's, just a, he's a good person and I will say this about what you hear on the NFL there's a lot of general managers who don't take phone calls who don't take texts who don't want to answer questions and I'm not saying Chris is open all the time to all those things but if you've got you got something you got to ask him you got a question you got to ask him he's open to it and he'll have a conversation with you about it um, he's like I said that's one of those things that you really have to appreciate and he's going to give you his honest thoughts Chris Ballard doesn't just generally I mean I can't I can't think of an instance where he's just kind of flat out lied He's going to be honest with you. He's going to tell you why he liked a guy, why he didn't like a guy, why he made a decision he did. Um, and, and, yeah, and you really have to respect that of, of a general manager because especially in the era of the NFL we're in now where there's so many secrets and nobody wants and all that stuff. So I just really appreciate that Chris Ballard tends to be open and honest and willing to kind of have a conversation with you about what's going on. So that that's – and then, you know, I mean, in terms of the way he leads the team, I was just talking to um, Tyquan Lewis – you know, it's kind of a, been a disappointment the first couple of years of his career. And he was telling me that, that Chris Ballard's texting him during the offseason, just checking up on how you doing, send him a recommendation for a book that he thinks he might like. I mean, this is a guy who cares about his players. So that's the kind of guy Chris Ballard is. That's awesome. You don't find that too much in a lot of GMs, like you said. It's just very few. And it does seem like he just cares about his players so much that I bet you when cut days come around, I know it's never easy for some GMs to like cut players, but I bet you it's a lot harder for him to do it compared to other GMs as well. All right, again, I was joined by Jim Aiello. Jim is a Colts insider for the Indy Star. Follow Jim on Twitter, at Jim Aiello. Jim, thank you for taking the time to talk to me on One and Done Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a blast. So that was a great interview with Jim, and I really appreciate him taking his time to talk Colts football because I don't get a lot of talk of Colts football with people in general, especially I live in Georgia. So people about the Falcons or the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm just not, you know. But I want to switch to, again, more, this is more college football talk. And I think it's why it just keeps coming up in the news, and that's the issues with the Big Ten. And the reason why it keeps coming up in the news is because they keep, stuff keeps happening. And because they, I mean, at the end of the day, they started it as far as postponement, as far as, Conference only, as far as, hey, we're going to play in the spring. They started all that. So, news the other day came out where President Trump tweeted that he had a conversation with the commissioner, Kevin Warren. Basically saying, we are going to, I mean, we're at the one-yard line, right there. What do we need what do you need from us? What can I provide to get Big Ten football going? To get college football going? And I, I mean, I'm not trying to get into politics. I'm not trying to say he did it because of this. But I'm sure that if the Big Ten were to get going, President Trump would come out and say, look what I did to Michigan, to Wisconsin, to Ohio. 
all these states that I'm again, I'm this is not a politics show. I'm just saying he could easily go up on the stage and say, I got football back, but there wasn't gonna be any football. But look, I brought football back. But now what? Apparently, reports are coming out. There's apparently a source from ESPN has come out and said nothing's changed. Where they talked to a, one of the presidents from one of the universities that said nothing's changed. Nothing's going to change. So what? So it's not. So not only is the president of the United States, and I understand he's a president, has had a lot of media backlash for stuff that he does. I get that. But he's coming to you saying, Kevin, what can I do to help? What do you need from me to help? There's already a test coming out where you can take, it's supposed to be very affordable, very cheap, and the results are supposed to be very fast as far as how these players can get tested. So now, Kevin Warren, we have this. What else do you need? What do we need to be moving as a program to try as a conference to play? To try. I think that's the problem with all of this. There was already, again, a college football game that's already happened. It was FCS, Austin P and Central Arkansas. It's all, they've, but they've already done a game. And Big 12, ACC, and Pac-12, no, not Pac-12, excuse me, and SEC, excuse me, those three are trying to make something happen. And yes, players opt out. Jamar Chase from LSU. And actually, the quarterback who transferred over from Wake Forest to Georgia, Newman, Jamie Newman, excuse me, opted out as well to prep for the NFL and get ready for the future. That's gonna ha- see. That's gonna happen. Players are gonna opt out. It happens in the NFL. It's happened in the NBA. It's happened in the NHL. It's happened in baseball. It's gonna happen in athletics. It's, I bet you college basketball. If they try and play college rep- basketball, it's gonna happen there too. In some degree, I bet you there's gonna be players that opt out. That stuff happens. That's what's. That's the world we live in. That's gonna happen. What has to happen is okay. He's not going to play. These guys are not going to play. Are we going to try and see if we can play as a conference? That's what the president wants to see. What do you need to try and make something happen? What do you need to make an attempt? How come the SEC, the ACC, and the the Big 12, excuse me, I'm getting the 12s mixed up, even though the Big 12 doesn't even have 12 teams anymore. How come these teams are working to try something, but you guys are now saying, no, I don't want to try anymore. So now we're not trying. Or are we? Again, reports coming out saying that they're trying to play as soon as possible. Again, multiple reports. We don't know. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know where. We don't know why. We don't know... And the main thing is this. Again, the reports came out the other day saying 11-3 to 3 was the votes where Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa were the teams that voted to not postpone the season and to try and play football. That report officially came out the other day because it had to. It had to come out. 
Now, we are looking at, is there a way to try? We're, is, is there a way to try and play in, in, around Thanksgiving? Is there a way to try and play in October? What, I just, my, my opinion is this. Again, and I've said this before. There's no, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer in what to do as far as should they play or not. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that. I think the answer we're looking for is some people are trying and some aren't. We need to know why you're not trying. And the Big Ten has not come out and said that, has given those cold, hard facts. When parents and players are asking, can you show me the numbers? Can you show me the facts? Can you show me this? And the Big Ten is saying, we can't? That's a problem. That's my right as a player, as a parent, to know why are you not letting my child play the sport he came to your university to do? Yes, does, is a degree important? Absolutely. But my child did not just come here just to go to school. There was five other schools out there he could have gone to play at. And probably three of them are lined up to play right now. I don't know. Again, I don't know how all these schools are or who was recruited to, for where. I don't know that. But this... It's the problem. We don't know all the facts, and apparently numbers are looking positive. Is there going to be a vaccine coming out? I don't know. Is there going to be... Um, how fast are we going to get these, these tests in? I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't have all the facts. What the Big Ten parents and players want to see is the facts on why I should not play, and if we are going to play... In the, in the spring, try and push it forward. Try to do November, maybe the end of October. Try that. They will take that. They will not want to take... Again, they, there's just no point in trying to push this farther. When in the spring, it's too much on a player, if, especially one that's going to return or somehow play in the spring and then get drafted in the NFL. It's way too much on a player and on an athlete to expect them to do that. And that's why the Big Ten continues to be in the news because let's try this spring. It's just not going to work out. I want to close out this show talking about the Alvin Kamara news and what's going on. And apparently the New Orleans Saints are reportedly open to trading Alvin Kamara after he's already said he's not going to show up to camp or he, the reason why his absence at camp is because of the fact that he wants a long-term contract. That's great. Now, Alvin Kamara is obviously not the first player to ever hold out on a long-term contract, want a new contract in general. But he's obviously going to be... I, I think he's available on the trade market, and a team is asking for... The Saints are asking for a first-round pick. Now, I would give up a first-round pick for Alvin Kamara. I know what he can do as far as a playmaker. Now, last year, though... This is where it kind of gets a little bit iffy for him. Last year, as the full-time starter, as the guy, the dude, the guy that I drafted in the very first round of my fantasy team, boy, did he not show up last year, and boy, was I upset, but that's okay. Going back to Kamara, he, 
last year had a career low. Mind you, full-time starter now. Mark Ingram not there. It's this guy's team. It's this dude's team. He had a career low 1,330 yards from scrimmage last year. Okay, 1,330 yards from scrimmage. That's terrible. Now, Kamara, a second-round pick out of Tennessee, big-time player, big-time attributes of being a star in this league, again, just didn't show up. Only had six touchdowns last year. Boy, did I feel that on my fantasy team, too. And I'm not here to talk fantasy sports, because trust me, I don't want to. I get pretty upset when I talk about the fact that I lost, and he was a big reason why. But Kamara, he's, do I think he's going to get traded? Maybe. I mean, if a team's want to give up a, th- a first-round pick, how high is this pick going to be? Like, if I'm the Chiefs, I can give up a first-rounder and get another playmaker for my offense for, the next, for uh, a year? Oh, yeah, let's do it. I mean, what's a first-round pick to a team like Kansas City? It's nothing. Like, this year, luckily they did draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're not going to... I mean, I don't see a team like the Saints or the the Chiefs going to make that trade. But they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and everyone was like, who, who do they take? Like, what do they need? I mean, you can just take anybody if you're them. Be like, whatever. Right? Because it's the Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl. They were a dominant team just to get there. So, if we're looking forward to what maybe Kamara, where he does go, maybe a team like New England? Maybe a team, I don't know, like Jacksonville? If they're trying to tank? Maybe not then. Because you don't want to do that, right? You want to look at teams that are contenders. Because those first round picks don't matter to them. Or a team that doesn't have a solid running back situation. I There's just so many teams out there. And again, to Kamara's point, and I've brought this up before, running backs have a very short life in the NFL. Okay? A very short life. There's very few occasions where they last as long as Adrian Peterson has. Okay? Very few. But this is how it is. Running backs, they just, they hit a certain peak. They play very hard. For that time when they have their rookie contract still. And then when that contract is done you and they get that new deal, you start to see a letdown as far as production. GMs know that. Coaches know that. And the running backs know that. That's why their deal is, I need to get my money now. It's my money and I need it now. If anyone knows what a commercial that's from, good for you. <laughs> Back to Camara. I don't know if he's going to get his long-term contract. He may, they may have to, but at the same time, if the Saints, if the Saints are reportedly saying, "We're get, if you give us the first-round pick, you can take Kamara." I mean, he didn't do anything last year. As far as you're the guy, what can we? What can you do? Uh, nothing. Like he didn't do anything. So, do we want to sit there and say, is he worth signing a long-term deal? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the Saints are onto something, saying, "Listen, I, we just we could just draft somebody, you know. We can, or we could just sign multiple running backs to do what you did, and probably for a lot cheaper." 
that's the business that we're in. My opinion, I've always said you can never have too many running backs. I would rather have a, a great offensive line and than a great running back. That's just me. Yeah, is he a playmaker? Absolutely. But the offensive line dictates where that running back can go. And if you just get a guy that has somewhat average vision and great speed, can break tackles, maybe not an Ezekiel Elliott or, or Kamara when he was great, or Adrian Peterson when he was in his prime. If you don't, if you get someone that's not in that category, but maybe someone like a low, like a middle tier, you know. But you have a great offensive line. Maybe that's just worth to have a great offensive line. I don't know. I'm no expert on this. Personally, I if I'm building a team, I'd rather build the offensive line first, than build a, than just draft the running back. That's just my opinion. That will do it for today's episode of One Done Radio. Thanks for tuning to the show. And be sure to subscribe to One Done Radio on iTunes. And any questions, comments, facts, opinions, whatever you want to say, send them to the email ryandunn1 at yahoo.com.